Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Deep Three episode. Uh, today's guest is uh, Brendan Gobel, who uh, does a ton of great work, who kind of inspired me. Uh, follow him on Twitter a while back and uh, just inspired me to, to help young athletes from, uh, from different parts of the world, um, you know, reach the U.S., try to get an academic scholarship and uh, further their education and uh, basically just uh, a, a better chance for a better life, I would say. Uh, Brendan, thank you for joining me. Yeah, you bet, man. Happy to, uh, happy to come on. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. So, Brendan, can you talk about how it all started? You know, you, you start, how, how did you think about helping, uh, you know, kids get over to the U.S. and, uh, you know, just giving them a better, better life? Yeah, so it, it all started with uh, a, a guy named Solomon Heine. I was working um, initially doing data and analytics for a D1 program, and uh, just as a side thing, and uh, met this guy that wanted to walk on at this program, uh, and he was unique because he had been in the military for the last six years. And so when you're in the, the military, your, your clock stops. And so he... Uh, was older. He was 24, I think something. And, um, wanted to walk on coach wasn't looking at any walk-ons. And so I said, well, I'll work you out and film you and, and, uh, you know, I'll see what I can do. I, I hadn't started Juco advocate yet or anything like that. I didn't know anybody in basketball really outside of the team that I was working for. Um, but I did know one assistant down at Midland junior college. And so I worked him out, filmed it, sent it down there. They said, yeah, we'll take him as a walk-on. Um, he ended up starting there and, uh, and then said, Hey, I need, I need help with my recruitment because being 24, a lot of people thought his clock was smoked. They didn't, they didn't know the the story behind why he was older. So went to work on that for my personal Twitter account and, uh, and was effective. Um, he ended up a ton of D one offers, ended up playing division one ball for three years, got his grad degree. Uh, through it and everything like that but at the time then once once we kind of got him taken care of I said all right I I enjoy doing this and there's a lot of people that need uh, help so reached out to a few of the guys that I had met through that process um, and uh, and then a couple other friends that I had from some other business uh, ventures that I had done before and and really it just started as a as a Twitter handle um, it didn't really have a ton of uh, plan behind it, I guess it still necessarily doesn't just cause the plan changes every day. It seems, but, um, started as a Twitter handle and a spreadsheet, uh, guys would, would hit me up and I'd add them to the spreadsheet and I'd watch their film and, and just started reaching out to coaches and establishing relationships and stuff. And then it just kind of went bonkers. Um, and so now I found out about it off uh, Twitter. Uh, you know, just, saw the pro minor retweeted or something. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Let me see what this is about. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind and of we, into it, we like, maintained oh. the, the nonprofit status side of it. You know, we don't take any money from kids uh, for anything that we do, any event that we run um, the uh, you know, the scouting stuff. Uh, it definitely has changed from the initial point just because of the volume, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things. Like I wish I could take care of everybody but we just can't. Um, so we utilize the resources that we have to make sure that, you know, kids have access to things uh, like, I mean, verbal commits is 
verbal commits is the kind of thing that like even though it's it's basically information it's databasing things like that like every coach in the country uses it so since um, you mentioned verbal commits uh i don't know uh, we have quite a chunk of listeners from europe and uh maybe you want to mention what verbal commits is about uh yeah uh, verbal commits is a website, uh, verbalcommits.com. Nathan LeClaire, who's co-owner of the company, uh, with me runs that. And so verbal commits is essentially the source at this point for every offer, uh, commitment signing, uh, division one and division two basketball. And so if a kid gets an offer from any D2 or D1 school, they're in the system. Um, we, we handle all that manually. We vet the offers, um, you know, we're, we're about as accurate as you can possibly hope to get on that, um, where we're not posting fake stuff. And, uh, so because every coach in the country uses it, then some kids get seen by, you know, just by being on there. Uh, the, the website is, uh, is something that, uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle right now of, of, uh, working on it because it's just some older technology and things. So there'll be some exciting stuff coming down the pike with that. But, um, I mean, we did 2.3 million unique users last year alone, wow. like not, not website visits, but like yeah. unique people visiting the site, um, and hundreds of millions of visits. So, um, so it's a, it's a, it's a pretty powerful, it's a pretty powerful space. Um, and, uh, yeah, so people use that and, um, and then the, the Juco advocate side of it has really been, you know, events and the scouting um, and uh, a lot of our overseas work. Yeah. When you started with what you said, you know, it's like kids might reach out to you and stuff like that. And now it became a whole different uh, beast, you know, a whole different uh, animal. Um, can we go on that side? Because I know we talked a few times about the events you run, you know, the mm -hmm. camps you run worldwide. Um, you know, can you, can you tell our listeners, uh, you know, about the stuff that you do that it's basically worldwide, uh, to give all these kids a chance to, to be seen by college coaches, uh, you know, through Juco Advocate. Yeah. So it, that part of it kind of just evolved, uh, out of thin air really. <laughs> and, uh, and now has become. Uh, you know, a pretty big piece of what we do and what we will be doing going forward uh, with a lot of other projects that we have on the horizon that, that unfortunately COVID kind of put the brakes on some of those things, but next year we'll be back after it. Um, the, the first time we went overseas, we had a, a, who, a coach who is now a good friend of ours, uh, Matthew McAllister, who's a high school coach up in Minnesota. And he hit me up on Twitter one day and he said, hey, do you want to go to Tanzania? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and we kind of, we kind of spoke it into existence really. Um, we talked about it for three, four months and we just kept talking about it. And, and, uh, you know, he, he was the Tanzanian national team coach. Um, and so he would go over there and, and work on their grassroots stuff, like doing camps and things to, to kind of elevate, you know, the younger players over there. And so we said, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll go. Um, so me and, and a couple friends went over there, um, Dan Poneman, who's an NBA agent now, and then uh, Shay Frazee, who's an NBA trainer, uh, came with me. And, and uh, the first time we met, Matt was in 
Africa. <laughs> so, uh, fortunately he wasn't catfishing us. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it, he was real. And so we showed up in Dar es Salaam and, and went and ran this camp for a week. Um, and I mean, it's, it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh, you know, just the kids and the people and, you know, you're, you're uncomfortable the entire time because, you know, lack of infrastructure, you know, the consistent water and, and power and, you know, different things like that, like is so foreign to us. Um, but over there, like you just kind of deal with it. And, and the weird thing is, is that through all of the like uncomfortable physical, you know, just like, uh, what would I give for air conditioning and a buffet? Right. <laughs> like, you know, you, I, you know, you're happier than, than like, where's my, been. my five star hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, there's some of the places we've been. Oh my God. Um, but, uh, you know, the kids were amazing and we came out of that camp with, uh, a few guys that were able to get over here, a couple of war refugees from Congo, um, that are still in college. And then, um, uh, the big kid who's actually from Tanzania, uh, who's at a high school up in Canada right now, that's now an NBA prospect. And, wow. and, and it was just, you know, a kid at the camp. It wasn't like we knew him or anything before. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we went and did that and, and then we backed it up again and went to Nigeria the next year, um, which was crazy. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to get connected with Gideon George, who's now headed to BYU um at that camp and then also uh a few other guys that we're we're still working on to uh to get over you know honestly from what i hear from you is just uh you know because i've heard of uh, scouting services scouting companies and they're all like oh it costs like so-and-so to send you to college i'm like you know it just goes against to me it's it goes against whatever i believe you know it's like i don't no, you know, yeah, paying I, for opportunities. The same way, the same boat. Yeah. Where you know, I got a chance from a high school in the U.S., a really good high school in the U.S. You know, I was given a scholarship to come over, and okay, maybe I was a little bit different because I was at a basketball without borders, uh, you know, in Treviso. So I, I was seen by European clubs too. So maybe that mm -hmm. was a little bit different. But to me, uh, it's just the, the sense of fulfillment you probably get from this, this opportunity is that you said you have a few refugees from the uh, war in Congo. Like, I mean, there's just the fulfillment you get for, for this. And I mean, th those people are going to be forever thankful for, for what you have done for them. And it's more important, you know, the five-star hotel and uh, all this stuff that, you know, does it really matter, you know, when you go over there, right. five-star hotel, Yeah, you do these camps and you make a lot of money, but at the end of the day, you, you help bring these kids over. And, you know, like you said, some of them right now, you have one that's an NBA prospect, right? So. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, Ooh, for us, like. The diamonds in the rough. <laughs> it, it is it is incredibly fulfilling i mean we, we basically just go over there and and you know everything we do is free uh for for everybody you know we pay for the whole thing ourselves and um and and so it gets it gets to be a pure i guess process um where we don't want anything um we're just happy to be there and happy to help and then we get to meet these amazing kids and build these relationships with them. And, and, you know, they basically end up being family. And, um, you know, we, a lot of what we do is trying our best as well when, you know, like with Gideon or, or, you know, with the process that Atiki will go through is we guide them as best we can. Um, 
you know, I always kind of describe it as like, I will not tell you where to go. I won't. Uh, I might tell you where not to go, but <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell know, you honestly, where to go. I think that's fair because uh, once you send a few kids over, you kind of see, you know, I, in all honesty, I have a lot of friends in college basketball, and, but just some, some programs are not built for foreigners. I'll be, you know, just, it just, yeah. You, you have to understand, I think, the, the, the people that, you know, they just kind of put their life on hold and like, okay, I'm going to try this thing. You know, I'm going to go blindfold, just leave my family behind and go play basketball, yeah. or go study. And, uh, you know, there's a certain like care and attention these kids need, you know, it's not. I mean, the culture shock, I can't imagine what, what that's like. Like coming from Europe is a culture shock. Coming from men in Nigeria you know, where Gideon slept outside most of the time and had to, you know, walk miles with buckets to get water because they didn't have running water. Like, what is that culture shock like? You know, we, we, we expect, we expect integration into our culture and the basketball lifestyle and, and a college education setting to just be an easy thing because that's just what we're used to. But like, I can't, I can't wrap my head around like what that must feel we like. just take so many things for granted too you know it's like oh that's normal you know like yeah my wi-fi is out that's a problem now you know so, right yeah it's yeah. uh it's crazy funny the things that you, you take for granted and then when you go over there you very quickly realize like the things that you take for granted when you're here and over there you're just even even though we you know make sure that we're safe you know we hire security and um you know we we're staying at you know, like the Nigeria thing was a trip, but like, you know, in Dar es Salaam, there, there was never a time that like, I felt unsafe in, in Tanzania, really. Um, Nigeria, there was a few times, but it, uh, you know, just, just the simple things of like going through your day where you're just like, holy crap, everything here is so much harder to do, yeah. you know, because we take advantage or take for granted what we have, what makes our lives easier, um, you know, over here or whatever. So it's, uh, it's it's a cool thing, and so we did, we did Nigeria, and then we went to Trinidad, Tobago, uh, down in the Caribbean. Uh, did the same thing. Uh, got some kids here that are going to college now, and uh, and then the plan was this summer. I mean, this is when it was really going to take off. With uh, I was headed to Paris, uh, really when everything kind of blew up in March. Like I was literally getting on a plane the next day, and it was like, <laughs> hey, you may not be able to come back. You know, if you go to Paris, you might be stuck there for a while. Um, you know, they started shutting down the country over there yeah. and um, we were going to head to uh, Western Tanzania uh, where Tiki's actually from. So the opposite side of the country from where we had, had been before uh, closer to the Congo border and uh, probably Mumbai uh, uh, in India there and then back to the Caribbean again. And so it was, uh, there was a lot of plane tickets being canceled in March. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, I mean, hopefully all the airlines kind of just give you credit and stuff like that. Yeah, it was kind of weird at the beginning because they didn't know. So, no, we definitely got screwed out of some stuff for sure. It was like you had to cancel it then. But at the time, they were like, well, you know, we don't know if this is going to be a thing. Well, the airlines always screw you. That's one thing. Every time. Happened to my return flight, too, this year. Like, oh, yeah, we can't do this. We can't do that. Just get, like, half credit. I was like, Yeah, yeah. Really? I like, I it was my, like it's my fault. Like I mean, you get stuck somewhere. It's like, oh, it's my fault now. Like right. you me. Yeah, the airline was literally like, "Well, you can still go to France." Like, yeah, right. and I'm like, "Yeah, but 
turn on the news. Like, what are you talking about? You know, they're like, well, oh, so we don't care. Here. You get stuck there. That's not our problem. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's so. a crazy story. I had a friend that got stuck in this for like five months almost, you know, because the Romanian border was closed. Yeah. And it was just, you know, it was one of those things that Romania completely shut down. There was no flights in the country. Yep. They just got yeah. stuck in the U.S. for a really long time. And uh, I talked to a few college coaches. This year is, is, is tough. I don't know. Um, because uh, some of their kids can't come back. Like, I think Australians yeah. have a hard time coming back in the country right now, from my understanding. Or, I don't know. They might, I think they might be having a more difficult time now. There was a time a little, not too long ago where it was actually relatively easy to get out of there. You know, we've kind of become the country here in the US where we can't go anywhere. Because we're a total <laughs> crap show. But everybody else can, you know, because they've figured out their, their issues and, you know, they can come here. So, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely some strange travel stuff. Like we kind of had to help move some kids around, um, you know, like Big Owen from Ireland uh, that's going to Wyoming. Like he went to Croatia for two weeks uh, because he had to go. Like you couldn't fly here from Ireland, so he went to uh, Dubrovnik and hung out for two weeks quarantining. And then, so yeah, like tough, yeah, tough life, right? Yeah. So bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he's sending me pictures. I'm like. Okay. On vacation? <laughs> yeah. So he uh so he hung out there for a couple of weeks quarantining and then and then was able to to come into the US and and even now like I think uh some places you can just just come you know yeah. from Well, I mean it's just difficult so. from the US and I came to Romania 2 days ago, 3 days ago and I'm, I have to quarantine 14 days, you know, and a lot of the yep. US pro players are going to have to do that because yep. you know that's the rule. And I think uh yeah, if, if you don't have a U.S. passport, I think you got to show your contract. I had a friend that was like almost held at the border, you know, just show us your contract. What are you doing here? Why, why are you in the U.S. here? Like, well, it, yeah. it, it was just difficult. And it, it's just such a weird time because we've never lived that before. Yeah, um, we're, we're the toxic country now that that uh, now we get to feel what it feels like for everybody else when we're always asking. You get a visa, right? You get a yeah. visa. Like, oh, my God, try to get a visa, come to the U.S. Oh, yeah. 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 It's definitely not an easy process, man. Anywhere, so uh, what I meant to ask you is: you said you are a nonprofit, but I mean, somehow you have a lot of costs. So, how does that work for you guys? Um, you know, just bringing these kids over, uh, going to camps and stuff like that. Yeah, so we, um, you know, we have our, our scouting service uh, stuff that we do with uh, mostly Division One schools, um, and then the events that we've run in the past. You know, coaches pay admission to come in and do that. But, you know, kind of our, our model is um, really built around some other revenue streams down the pipeline that uh, I think we'll end up transitioning to and probably transition away from uh, scouting service and uh, event costs. You know, we we make money off of that, but it pays the bills right now. I mean, that's... <laughs> Our eventual goal is, you know, the the website has so much traffic that that um, is one large revenue source. Uh, but then corporate sponsorship stuff. Um, we had a lot of things lined you might up this summer. The website, so people know where to find you. And yeah, yeah, it's just uh, verbalcommits.com. And uh, like I said, there's some exciting stuff coming with that in the next few months, hopefully. Um, but uh, the, you know, there's the advertising stuff there, and then. Uh, you know, corporate sponsorship stuff. You know, we, we had a lot of things that we were working on this summer that I think we would have put ourselves in a position to 
be able to then transition to that model where we don't charge for the scouting service anymore. It's it's all it will be free. Uh, in the events awesome. we don't we don't charge for we we would not end up charging admission to the events. Events would be free for coaches to come to. So no more wow. packet fees or anything like that. Um, and that's still the goal. Um, and we'll get there. We just have to wait for the world to get its head out of its ass. Um, Cause it's, it's just, you know, there's the advertising dollars, companies on hold, uh, you know, stuff like that just isn't there. But once it is, um, that's, that's kind of the model that we, we head towards. We've built a large enough brand and a following and, um, you know, have an impact in the, the marketplace. I believe that, you know, we've got a lot of value to corporate partners um, with, from an advertising and sponsorship standpoint. So. To be honest with you, I don't know, just being in sports right now doesn't feel very safe or stable. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yep. like we still don't know how we're going to play next year. For example, we're talking about maybe having some tournaments where we got to quarantine seven days before, go yeah. before games in a row, then come back home, practice for like three, four weeks, then do it again. Uh, you know, there's, there's just so much stuff up in the air. Uh, well, that's why we've we've tried as best we can to remain as dynamic as possible. So, you know, the uh scouting service and events is just what what is now a small part of what we do um you know the media stuff and and uh preparing for uh some tv show things that we're working on and um some fashion things that we have coming down the pike nice. uh, in regards to collaborations with nba players and when there's name image and likeness with college players um and just lots of different things that that we're kind of expanding into so that at any given time, there's not like the reliance on one. Yeah. You just diversify everything. And I mean, it also helps because some, all, all these kids you're bringing over, you know, I think a good chunk of them are turning pro somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, of course the NBA guys, you know, it's not easy to have one, two NBA guys every year, but right. uh, um, just following, you know, and they, they play a really good schools. Some of them really are really high level players. And, uh, yeah. and every, I mean, you know how this business is like, everything is so interconnected, right? Like the people that you can connect to that you can help who then in turn can help you in different things. Like, uh, like we, we do the podcast. Uh, so we, we run the live period podcast, which is another thing that we just decided to go do and, and has kind of blown up. And so, you know, we, we meet Mo Wagner through doing that podcast and, and, you know, talk to him and Juan Toscano Anderson from the Warriors. We meet him through the podcast and all that sort of stuff. And then we're talking to those guys saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's go run a camp for you in Germany, Mo. Let's go run some camps for you in Mexico, Juan. And, and, you know, they're all about it. And, and so then they can help kind of connect again to where we're helping kids in their name. Right. And, you know, the Juan Toscano Anderson, uh, Mexico camps, and and we'll help them with those and that allows us to create more content you know from running those camps and uh more things to put in front of sponsors um and and things like that and so it ends up helping the kids it ends up helping juan uh you know he looks like a superstar um for for the give back that he does that he helps then and and all that sort of stuff and and it kind of becomes this machine of helping uh while at the same time creating these amazing stories and this amazing content and uh you know mind uh, share in the marketplace and you know being different being unique going out doing things that other people aren't doing um and that from a business standpoint at the end of the day leads to business opportunities 
So, yeah, but it's just sports in general. You know, it's all about teamwork, right? You know, the most successful yep. teams, you know, they play well together, and it, it's just what you have to do. I think off the court too, when you're involved in sports, uh, in general, you know, as an agent, GM, whatever it is, scouter, coach, it's all about networking, and you know, just picking other people's brain, and you know, it's like. How can I help you? You know, can I help you? Yeah. I mean, we're excited about the time will come probably sooner rather than later. Oh, they're winning, right? Where, so what? yeah, yes, also that. Uh, but where we have a kid, because we also run camps domestically, the Undiscovered Showcase that used to be the Evan Turner Showcase in Chicago, um, you know, a complete nonprofit organization deal where uh, NBA player sponsors the, the camp. And so hundreds of kids come to that, um, 70, 80 scholarships come out of that camp every year. And at some point we will have a kid from one of those camps that, that whether it's overseas or domestically that like really makes it, makes it. Uh, and then when they're in the NBA, they're the sponsor for the next camp and they get to give back through an organization that got them or helped get them, you know, to where they are. Um, and that's exciting for us to see that full circle giving where giving back, you know, giving back the game, giving back to you know the people that helped you. So it's it's that's you no, know, that's yep. pretty awesome. That's that's what kind of uh, last two three years, you know, I start kind of helping kids in Romania just kind of get over to U.S. Um, you know, start with a the family, then asking me, hey, you know, our son wants to go to the U.S. and you know, we know you went this route and. I wasn't really familiar with it, to be honest with you. You know, I have some high school coaches, and I have the coach I play with. And then since then, uh, you know, I just look at my phone, you know, it's like half of the ones in my phone. I'm like, how did yeah. I get there? You know, it's like, because yeah. you have a kid and you send him to, you know, a friend that's an assistant coach at uh, some college do one. It's like, he's not for us, but he might be for them. And then yeah. you for them. And then it, it just, it's always like that. And uh, it all starts from, you know, just trying to help. Uh, yeah. without I mean, there's players everywhere. You know, there's nothing I want back, but it's just seeing them succeed. And you know, some of them just go to D3 level. And you know, we have a kid that's going to be, uh, he's going pre med. So, I mean, he wants to be like a yeah. he wants to be a surgeon. So, I mean, just uh, it's just awesome seeing them having a chance to fulfill their dreams yep. at the highest level, if you think about it, you know, professionally. Because yep. there's no surgeon in the world that gets paid more than in the US, for example, you know. So, right. it's, it's, uh, it's really fulfilling on that side, and uh, I totally get the sign of work. It's, it's pretty awesome. But yeah. I love and there's and there's players yeah. everywhere. I mean, it's it's the second most popular sport in the world. It's the fastest growing sport in the world. I mean, you think about when you were growing up in Romania, like just even in Europe, like where basketball was popular when when you were a kid, but how much more so now? Like it's crazy. I mean, I could come. I could come to Romania. We could go to Romania tomorrow and run a camp and find five college players that people aren't even paying attention to. It'd be easy. Totally like it, they're walking around all over the place. It, it just, you know, it, a lot of times, especially like in Europe with the Academy systems and the agents and, you know, all that sort of thing. Like it's sometimes difficult to navigate, um, you know, who's who and connected to what and whatever, but like, it's the same way in Africa, uh, in Nigeria, there are, dudes running things and handling and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And even once you don't even look at those guys, then there's this whole other group of kids that aren't connected to anybody that are also really talented, you know, like, like Owen at Wyoming, like he's from Ireland and 
you know, he put, I, I first saw him when he was playing yeah, in Division. Did you have a cam there, or where did you see him play? For no, I was watching uh, FIBA Seas, and oh, so wow. like you know, small country stuff. Yeah, wow, or wow. Aeneas Young, who's at, at uh, Ludwigsburg now, but played for Cyprus. Yep. You know, in in Division C, and it's you know, you talk to these kids, and it's like, all right, well, like you know, what are you thinking? And they're like, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Like, especially in Europe, like everybody always has something. And they're like, no, nah, I just want to go to college. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, we can do that. Um, and that's, and that's literally just like kind of randomly poking around and seeing like, okay, there's this kid here. There's this kid there. I mean, I'm watching stuff the other day, the small country stuff. There's two kids in Wales that I love. So now I'm like digging around trying to get into Welsh basketball <laughs> and, you know, to find, find Benjamin Boog and Minty really, Walker. You're look, look, you're looking for the diamonds in the rough. Yeah, yeah, because it's and honestly, like it's like looking down on the ground and they're just laying around all over the place. I'll tell you this because uh, you know, under eighteen B division, like oh five or something like that, Mm -hmm. and we end up winning it, and uh, I end up being the MVP of it. And you know, Jeff Taylor was uh, playing the B division, and we had a bunch of kids, you know, that went in a high D one. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like social media was nothing, you know, just back then. You know? Yeah. So yeah, can you imagine if you had social media back then? Got back then, the B division was very minimal, I would say. You know, really, really the big time school, you know, like uh, Beeline was Virginia. He was recruiting me. So he came over. Uh, Gonzaga was there. But it was, you know, a handful, I think, of schools. Yeah. Uh, but now it's funny how it trickles down because there's so many the coaches that go overseas right now watching the A division, some kind of pay attention to B, but you know, it's crazy. They don't put more time into B. But the thing is that you go to A division and you kind of just reach for the moon because those kids are either getting paid already. You know, I mean, going to get, there's not a lot of guys in A that, I mean, there might be somebody that people didn't know before he got there and he just has a great tournament or something, but the, the big names, I mean, the, the ones that are really, killing it there are yeah they're either getting paid already or they're going to get paid and you know their agent even if they're not getting paid yet their agent's not letting them come over to college Um, we're not doing that (laughs) no 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 no. but like division b i mean that's where nemius cato was that you know playing for portugal and like eric peterson was literally the only dude in the gym and you know at utah state that that got him over and uh um you know like sweden's got Sweden's loaded with players. You know, they're playing Division B last year. And, uh, you know, guys like Sebastian Forsling that played for Division B Sweden. And, like, if that kid was in the United States, he'd be a four- or five-star kid. And he's over in Division B, and there's nobody in the gym. And so, you know, and, and the, the good part is now, like, you know, with Synergy, all the Division B stuff is on Synergy. Um, still working on trying to get Division C stuff uh, on there because there's players in Division C. You know, the kid from Monaco is really good. The kid that won the MVP and then Aeneas that was basically second in MVP from Cyprus. Like, he's a 17-year-old pro for Ludwigsburg. Like, he doesn't hardly touch the floor for the senior team because if he did, he'd be going to the NBA. But he's just, you know, he's really talented and he's played for Cyprus. (laughs) Like, most guys can't find Cyprus on a map. So, it uh, there's just players. Every well, Principal Singh. You probably saw me tweeting about Principal. Yep. I saw Principal three years ago, the Asian Pacific Championships, playing for India. And for three years, like, coach, you gotta see this kid. You gotta see this kid. And they're like, What? India? Like, what are you talking about? 
And then he goes to Global Academy down in Australia playing for Marty Clark. And like, he's really good down there. And I'm like, coach, okay, now he's down at Global Academy and he's coming over here at the, you know, in Atlanta for the, the, um, international game thing they did, whatever. And he's kicking the crap out of everybody. Like you got to get on this. Nobody got on him. And, and now he's playing for G league elite. Uh, you know, so he's, he's, you know, the future of Indian basketball, if he clicks and, uh, and again, like players everywhere. So like Texas coach, like I told you so. <laughs> oh, I blew them all up and said, you remember that kid three years ago that I said, yo, this kid is going to be really good. You should do something about it. Yeah. Well now he's making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars playing G league elite with three other five-star high school kids. Like, come on. <laughs> but, what can you do? Yeah. It just, it's different, you know, coaches have different views and, uh, you know, I know coaches that are like, Okay, I want to see him live. I'm like, oh, can fly over if you want to. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't right. know. Uh, but, um, it, it, well, it is funny though because you look at you look at the draft this year. Yeah. How many? I I'm trying to think. I swear it was nine, might be nine or ten, uh, international non-college players projected to go in the first round. One third of the first round draft. I and, just want and, to ask you about that. What do you think is the better route for prospects? College. Come over, come over to high school? Like come over to high school and play college or stay at a European, whatever it is, you know, Australian Academy, and then come over for college. And then come over for college. So I think personally, unless – and I mean, there are certain programs, right? Like – Yeah, I mean, we're talking you – know, We're not talking like – Brewster Academy, Academy or, you know, something like – yeah, for sure. High end, great development systems, all that sort of stuff. But for the most part, the best development system in the world until you are 18 years old or ready to go to college is Europe. It just is because you're playing incredibly organized, structured, intelligent basketball with a ton of, um, you know, just just real applicability to the next level in it. Right. But then. Once you are done with high school, the best development system in the world is American college. Like the continued academies and stuff in Europe. I mean, by that point, like, unless they think you're going to be a dude, dude, they're not paying I attention totally to agree you. With you. But I think like, for example, when I came over in 04, I feel like it was a little bit different. Uh, I just felt like it was a little bit different. That's why I came over for high school. But I totally agree with you right now. I think that's that's the route to go. It's it's stay here or whatever you are. Um, if you if you're in a somewhat good program, then go over at 18. You know, get when yeah. you're ready for college. Um, yeah, because if you're 18 and you're not breaking the first team or whatever, then it's not really worth it. Like, go develop. You know, go get a degree. I mean, Mo Mo was in Germany for yeah. Alba Berlin, Alba, yeah. and he you know was playing and he was good. And he got all that development and stuff. But when he came over to Michigan, he didn't play his freshman year. And not much his sophomore year either. Like it took three years for him to really, truly develop into a pro. And and so, you know, while he was being successful on Alba, if he'd have signed that contract, he'd have continued on to be a, a, a solid European player. But Michigan turned him into an NBA player. And, and that... But it took it took time, and it took patience, um, because I think there's also this expectation a lot of times from European kids that especially if they're playing at a good program and they play a lot 
over that, that they're going to come over here and just right away, you know, kick the crap yeah. out of everybody in college. And it's like, that's not how, that's not how it works, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and especially because like fit is so important and that's, you know, uh, there's a lot of guys that make the wrong choices there as far as fit and level and, and all that kind of thing. Um, but if you get it right, if you get the formula right for the right school and the right fit, the right kid coming from the right program, all that sort of stuff. I mean, but again, you said you help at least your guys when they come over, you kind of give them the blueprint of, Hey, this college is like this, like, not, not like you said, not pushing them one way or the other, just an honest uh, review, I would say of, of the way the coaches are, the colleges, whatever. Right. So I yep. think when you do something like that, then also helps the kid a lot because sometimes you want know, to get a scholarship and like, Oh, I don't want to go to this mid major. I want to be like a power five. Right. And, the question and they don't realize. Why, like, they ask why. And then the question is like, well, you know, like I want to play Kentucky and I want to, um, yeah. okay. Is, is that going to help you? Like at the end of the day, you know, like right. where do you see yourself? Do you just want to ride a bench for Alabama or just like, you just want to be a star at high major or whatever it is. Right. Uh, but I think that's why you're doing a fabulous job. Uh, you know, just finding them, helping them all around. Awesome. Uh, Brendan, well, I really thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, you bet, man. If you, uh, you know, if you can tell us where people can find you, uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. Yep. Uh, uh, on Twitter, we're at Juco Advocate, uh, J-U-C-O Advocate. Um, verbal Commits, same thing, at Verbal Commits on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, we're, we're still kind of plugging along, growing that a little bit, but it's uh, I think it's at Juco underscore Advocate. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, online with uh, verbalcommits.com. Keep an eye on that. Next few months going to be some cool stuff coming down the pike. And, uh, yeah, just uh, keep an eye out on Twitter. Lots of, lots of new stuff. Uh, even with COVID, we're not slowing down. And then uh, check us out on the, the podcast, uh, the live period. We're on iTunes and anywhere you get podcasts. Um, lining up some, some cool guests. So. Awesome. Yeah, you have some cool guests, honestly. You did. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, Brendan, thank you very much, and uh, we'll stay in touch. You bet, man. Appreciate you.